into yet another episode of Trail Talk SA. Last week, uh, we caught up with Ryan Sands uh, ahead of the Red Bull Lionheart that took place down in Cape Town this past weekend. Uh, and in 2012, it was AJ Collitz who ended up winning it. And in 2013, it was him again who was victorious at the end of the weekend. And I managed to catch up with AJ post that win. We chatted a little bit about uh, his victory this past weekend. We also chatted about uh, his race at the African Otter Trail Run, AJ. And that's probably one thing I love about AJ. He's just one of those guys that's just, he hates losing, absolutely hates losing. Uh, And yeah, he was pretty disappointed with his uh, Otter performance. We chatted a little bit about that. Also uh, chat about what he's hoping to achieve this weekend at the Sky Run. So that's coming up in the show. And I also caught up uh, with the guys from the Wild Runner. Uh, and uh, they are putting on a new race. Entries opening this coming Friday, the 15th of November, for the Wild Run Richtersfeld. It sounds spectacular. Four days of running uh, in the Richtersfeld. Uh, just looking at the pictures, looks spectacular. Uh, Chatter to Owen Middleton. Uh, if you want to find out more about that uh, wild run in the Richtersfeld, also about the one that they put on in Lesotho, there are still a few entries left for that one that's taking place in March next year. You definitely want to listen to that interview with Owen. Uh, just, uh, yeah, it's amazing. It sounds absolutely stunning and uh, definitely should be on your bucket list of trail runs to do here in South Africa. As always, if you want to be in touch uh, here on uh, Trail Talk SA, you can. All you have to do is pop us a tweet. It is so easy. At Trail Talk SA, that is our Twitter handle. You can also pop us an email. Uh, It's pretty easy. Podcast at Trail Talk SA dot co dot za. Or alternatively, you can also... Uh, pop us a message on our Facebook page. It is that easy. Just go to facebook.com forward slash trailtalksa. It is that easy. I also mentioned last week that if you listen to this program on the iTunes platform, uh, I would uh, really appreciate it if you left us a star rating and a review. And I said what I would do is uh, give you a bit of a shout out if you did that for us. And it's pretty easy. If you do listen through an Apple device, If you wouldn't mind doing it, uh, we are growing. And obviously, the more of these we get, the better it is for our ratings in iTunes. Go on in from Rock 77 Uh, It says, Trail Running Enthusiast Pep Talks. Uh, Great for that little extra motivation to get you out on the trail. Talks of a nice tempo and variety. Well done. And thank you. No, thank you, uh, Rock 77 for that review. Really appreciate it. Also go on in from Husky. It says, I usually listen when driving. Learn so much as a triathlete new to trails. It's uh, great info. Just completed Otter last Sunday uh, with little to no training. Couldn't walk for a week. Anyways, this is great info. Nice to hear the heroes and race organizers. Food motivation. Uh, thank you very much, Husky. And then also go on from Overspending. Uh, it's a great chat with interesting people. Check it out. Giving us a five-star rating there as well. So uh, if you go across to iTunes and you leave us a review and a rating, I'll give you a bit of a shout-out on next week's uh, Trail Talk essay. Without further ado, let's get straight into this week's episode, and we kick things off with AJ Collett. Well, we chatted to Ryan Sands last week in the build-up to the Red Bull Lionheart that took place down in Cape Town this past weekend, and uh, he was telling us a little bit about the event, how it got uh, sort of started uh, into its second year this year. And uh, I was following it uh, very eagerly on social media. Unfortunately, wasn't able to be down in Cape Town. But I uh, was very chuffed to see that the defending champion was not only back, but defended his title. AJ Collett, welcome onto the show once again. It's good to chat, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a privilege to be back. 
AJ, you must be stoked. I mean, the, the, the race is, is, is pretty unique from a, a trail running perspective in Cape Town. Uh, and you've gone and won both of them now. <laughs> yeah, I got a two out of two, which is like quite nice. Uh, you know, it is my, my background and, you know, favorite stomping ground. So uh, very, very stoked with the win. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I mean, it must be quite lucky to be able to run literally in your own backyard. I mean, you, you race around the world and you've, you've uh, run some of the, the most amazing sort of trail races. But it must be cool to, to race literally in your own backyard in front of your home crowd. Absolutely. You know, it's like a little bit like a home rugby game. You know, it, it is home crowd advantage, you know, having your, your family and mates and stuff come and watch. You know, it, it makes a huge difference. And, uh, you know, just the support of having those guys along, you know, trail is a little bit of a solitary sport sometimes. And it's just great. I think it's, it's a great event. Um, and, you know, having it so close to home makes it accessible. Uh, it must be weird sleeping in your own bed the night before a race. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad, eh? but I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I love it, AJ. Just as far as the competition goes, I mean, uh, well, what was who? Who was the toughest? Toughest one you came up against on the weekend? Yeah, you, you know, I had a bit of a score to settle after SA Champs earlier in the year. You know, Mike Bailey and Tabung sort of, you know, put me in the last, you know, fifty or hundred meters of SA Champs. So obviously, you know, that was a bit of a score to settle. And, uh, you know, Mike Bailey coming second and Ryan third last year was always, you know, going to be the guy to watch. Um, but, uh, you know, um, you know, on social media, everyone is bigging up, you know, all the Solomon guys. So, uh, you know, you, didn't, you don't really know where the challenge is going to come from. Suffice to say that, uh, you know, the line is the biggest challenge of the day. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and, and weather-wise, I mean, compared to last year, last year wasn't the greatest of days. This year, slightly better? Yeah, you know, I like running in the rain. You know, I've always maintained that, you know, I'm a slightly bigger oak, preferable than this year, because this year it, it was quite hot, especially going up the, the sort of the, the lion's rump, as we call it, you know, outside of the southeaster. Um, but, um, you know, it was, I think it was a great day out for the spectators. Last year it was a little bit miserable and rainy, so it wasn't as spectator-friendly as uh, this year was. So all in all, I think weather-wise it was probably a better day for spectators this year. But uh, last year, I think the weather conditions were more conducive, especially in the final for fast times. So, uh, yeah. And, and you talk about spectators. I mean, that was one thing I chatted to about Ryan, uh, chatted to Ryan about last week. Is it, It's a unique event in, in, in the sense that there is lots of spectators. Often, I mean, you mentioned it, that trails are a very lonely sport. But, but this event, the Lionheart, there's, there's tons of, of, of fans out and spectators out on the route. And it's a great day out for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, over and above the fact that it's 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 nice to have the guys there, it's also an opportunity for the guys to measure themselves against the best. I mean, Ryan is one of the most uh, you know incredible triathletes in the international scene, and this this event basically means that Joe Average can can measure his time against Ryan Sands' time for the prologue. So, and if you mean if you make it through the knockout stages, then you can measure yourself on a tough little climb against one of the best trail runners in the world. So I think that's a real privilege over and above the spectator value to just get for the pure enjoyment. You can actually measure yourself. It sounds like a great day out. And then, AJ, just looking back to, to the Otter as well, I, I chatted to, to, to Mike Bailey. You mentioned Mike. I chatted to him just after the Otter as well. Uh, also chatted to Ricky Lightfoot, who won the Otter this year. How, how did you go uh, in, in 20, 2013? You happy with your performance down there, or do you feel you could have gone better? Uh, no, I'm very disappointed with the Otter. Eh? Um, you know, almost to the point that I don't even like bringing it up. No, you don't. 
you don't go to a race and and uh, well, let me rather rephrase. I don't go to a race and and come back home satisfied with a third place. So I've always maintained that I will never do a race if I don't think I can win. Uh, and you know what? I really thought I had a good shot this year. Uh, I trained really hard, and, and uh, you know I did a lot of things right that I didn't do last year. Uh, so I was unhappy with my performance, uh, and um, I think I raced uh, tactically a bad race. You know, I, I decided to hang back with Ian Don Washup, uh, and you know the the problem with that is I was racing his style of race and not mine. So uh, if I could do it over, I, I, I'd probably do a couple of things different. But um, the Reto definitely suits my style of running better. You know, having the hard bit at the end. So, um, yeah, you know, I don't want to dwell too much on a negative aspect of the past, but suffice to say, I I wasn't chuffed with my alter. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you find it, but I mean, a lot of guys that I chat to tend to tend to learn a lot more out of the ones that don't go according to plan than the ones that do. And, And I don't know if you feel the same, that you learn more out of a race like that where you finish third, where you're frustrated with your result as opposed to to what you would have learned if you had won it. Absolutely. Um, you know, my coach always says, you know, the, the only loss is if you don't learn anything. So, you know, there were a lot of positives to be gained from the race. Um, you know, that that doesn't make up for, you know, the disappointment of coming third. But at least you can go back to the drawing board and say, all right, you know, this is what went right, this is went wrong. You know, the main disappointment to me is, I mean, I trained so much harder than last year. And, you know, I had a look at my diet and, and uh, you know, did a lot more professionally this year. You know, and you only the, the, let me rather put it this way: the main disappointment to me was not, in essence, coming third. It was going only two minutes faster, mm. where I worked so much harder and I lay so much more down for this race. And this was such an important race of the year to only go two or three minutes faster than last year. That was the main disappointment. So, I mean, if I came third and the other guys all went sub four and I went four fifteen, I would have been chuffed. You know, but uh, you know the, the fact that I only went two minutes faster—that that's what stays with me. So that's the irritation. Um, and you know, but said, saying that, that also gives you motivation to train. So I tend to, you know, become a little bit angry at myself and then disappear for three weeks in the mountains and come back strong as an ox. I like it. So uh, it seems as though that's what happens. So. Uh, I've had some good results after Otter, which have been immensely satisfying. Brilliant. And what's next on the cards for AJ Cullet? Sky Run this weekend. Yep. And uh, so uh, running as a novice, and obviously it's an unmarked route, so I don't have illusions of grandeur uh, the first year. Uh, I'm going to go and have fun. It's an awesome route. Uh, it's at altitude, which I'm not used to. It is a very long race. Um, in mean, 106 Ks, and it is a distance that I'd like to become better at, uh, you know, which will be my focus for next year. So, yeah, Skyrun next, and then two weeks after Lesotho Sky, I'm well aware of the fact that, you know, you can't do both at 100% potential. I'm, I'm not Kylian Jone, so I can't <laughs> race on a Wednesday and then race again on a Saturday. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, the man is incredible. Um, so, yeah, and that's the end of my year. Then I'm going to take a bit of a break. I've, I think I deserved it and uh, spend some time with my wife and with my dog and with the family. Nice one. And then, AJ, just before I let you go, I want to pick your brain. We, we get a lot of questions from, from newbies to trail running and, and sort of always asking for advice and that sort of thing. And I'm going to put you on the spot here, if you don't mind. 
I don't know how much you have to do with or with 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 new athletes and, and and new guys that you see out on the trail. Can you sort of give us three tips that you see newbies making mistakes? Where if 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 you could give them advice, you could say, hey, rather do this as opposed to that. You know, we always try and put back. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if there are only you know two or three professional athletes and no one else doing the sport, there's no ways you can make a living. So it's really beneficial for us to put back into the sport and. And KYA have gotten involved with these um, KYA with AJ trial runs. So we, we are very involved with uh, the beginner runners, if you will. I, I don't like to call it beginner runners. You know, we call them weekend warriors. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I think a, a tip for beginners, you know, and uh, even athletes that are sort of intermediate athletes, a lot of guys make mistakes when they climb. Uh, I, and I see it time and time again. The guys try and and run the climb the same way that they run on a flat and run on a downhill. You have to change your style, change your, your step pattern. You have to shorten your strides, work more with your shoulders. And climbing is a real technique thing. Um, I often get the question, you know, you're a really big guy. How can you climb? And, it, and it's, it's basically down to a little bit of hard work, but it's also technique. So uh, shorten your stride and, um, you know, work a lot with your arms. And then, uh, sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most experienced runner. Two other tips, Flip, you've put me on the spot badly. <laughs> um, you know, what I've learned of late is, is nutrition is so important. And, um, you know, getting on a longer race, um, you know, let's say the races that are two hours and longer, you need to get some solids into your body, especially things like protein. And what I found is, um, you know, uh, I like using goo when I race, but Switching over to something like a Wedgwood nougat, you know, the Wedgwood race food is really great from something like that, uh, or raisins or these kind of things. So almost going a little bit more natural, uh, you know, with regards to your nutrition is such a nice way to just break tradition almost with regards to distance running. And I mean, a lot of the the questions relating to trail running go from, so how do I go from a 10K trail runner to being able to run a 25 or marathon distance and a lot of that's down to nutrition so uh, after about two hours i think general consensus is you need to get some sort of protein in your body whether that be a boiled egg or or a nougat or something like that that's a great way to run and that's why i've started to train as well and really i've really seen the benefits of that all right fantastic and then aj you mentioned that the climbing and the, the technique with that give us a tip with uh with descending what what's your sort of tip there to to descend a bit quicker than, than what you normally would <laughs> sure you, you're asking the worst in the world eh? um i mean uh Tabang took basically a minute and 20 seconds out of me down the line so uh you know descending is a little bit like going downhill on a mountain bike it's it's like picking your line and, and uh, you have to plan a little bit ahead uh so you know <laughs> It, it, this descending is a rhythm and a skill set that that I'm really still developing. Guys like Andrew Hagen, which I think is probably the best descender in the country, uh, he's got incredible uh, skill and uh, sort of foot-eye coordination, if you want. He can plan his steps a great couple of steps ahead. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've heard Christian Hreiling, also one of the great descenders in South Africa, say, you know, you want your contact time with uh, a slippery surface as short as possible. So if you find yourself having to step on a wet rock, keep your contact time as short as possible. In other words, a light step so that you don't put full pressure on that because that's when you slip. 
And, uh, you know, it sounds silly, but I've actually found that it really does work. So, um, you know, pick your line a couple of steps ahead, stay on that line. And then if you find yourself going towards a slippery surface, minimize your contact time, take a light sort of feathery step, just almost tap it and then uh, find some more grip in another place. That's fantastic. I, I thought you were going to tell me to ask to bang. Your tip would be to ask to bang how to defend it. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a way better tip than I gave. I'm very, very sure you can ask to bang. But to bang is just raw speed and talent. I, I don't think that's something that you can learn, unfortunately not. He's just he's just an incredible runner. He's got such leg speed. It's it's amazing. That is. AJ Collins, as always, uh, such a pleasure to chat to you, and, and congrats again on your win, and good luck for the Sky Run this coming weekend. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. Eh? And uh, it's been wonderful to talk to you. And uh, thanks for giving us the exposure that um, that you have. It's, uh, it's a real privilege talking to you. AJ, before I let you go, though, that, uh, that K-Way initiative you mentioned, how can people find out more about that? Yeah, we do it um, you know, at least twice a year. Uh, it'll be posted on Runner's World, and you can check out uh, you know, my Facebook and Twitter, Twitter feeds you know, at, at AJ Carlitz. And, um, you know, it's... We usually do it around Lion's Head just because it's very accessible and um, basically it's an initiative to get more people on the trail. Um, you know, KOA are very involved with um, conservancy and nature conservation, these kind of things. And it's, it's to raise awareness and to get more people out there and, and, and get active. And it's a wonderful thing. You know, we had two this year between five and 12 kilometers where we just sort of meander through talk about a skill a bit of climbing a bit of descending you know a bit of speed work nutrition these kind of things and uh, for next year we've sort of planned a beginner and an intermediate route where my wife will take the beginner guys and show them around and i'll take the intermediate guys for a bit of a longer run and then we, then we can discuss some serious you know technical issues of trail but uh, you can learn more on it on the on the kway webpage and uh, also on my Facebook page, we'll we'll put the posts on, and uh, it would be so great if you guys can join us. Yeah, sounds brilliant. What I'll do is I'll pop those links on our website as well, so if people want to find out more, uh, they can link through straight from the show notes for this episode of Trail Talkers. So, AJ, as always, yeah, awesome chatting. Thanks for your time. Really do appreciate it, and we'll definitely catch up soon. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it, buddy. Keep well. We say it so often here on Trail Talk SA, we've got uh, some, some brilliant, brilliant races in this country. And I think we are blessed in, in a sense that we, we just live in an amazing country with, with some amazing trails. And, and one of uh, the, the companies that uh, put together some great trail runs over the years uh, have got a third in the pipeline now. And it's great to welcome onto the show Owen Middleton uh, from Wild Runner. Owen, welcome onto the show. Thanks for chatting to us today. Thanks very much. Uh, really good to be here and uh, super opportunity. Thanks very much. Oh, and I wanted to touch base. You you guys have, have been around for a while now. You started putting on that, that wild run on, on the wild coast, which is just spectacular. You've, you've recently added a second, but you're now adding a third as well, and entries are opening for that very, very soon. And that's what I wanted to, to sort of chat to you about. Uh, it is a, a four-day stage race. I was checking out the website. It looks absolutely spectacular in the Richtersfeld. Tell us a little bit about how it came about. Well, interestingly, you know, the, the wild coast uh, wild run started in 2009, and and then we added the mountain section in Lesotho uh, a couple of years later. And oh, the dream has always been with the wild run to be in, in wilderness places and then combine the best of different biomes, let's say. So we've got the coastline of the wild coast, the mountains of Lesotho, and now we're going to the desert of the Rittersfeld. And we've got others in the pipeline uh, in, in years to come as well. So, And the Rittersfeld, I've been there a number of times uh, with, with family, and um, and it's an absolutely inspiring place. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a unique blend of, of, you know, unique plants. It's got 
incredible um, landscapes, uh, scenery, the, the, you know, from granite domes to these open, uh, you know, springbok pluck that they call them, this magnificent desert uh, environment with these really, you know, big mountain terrain. It goes up to 1,600 meters in some of the southern sections of the mountains. But really, it's just one of those sort of locked in places that, that is, you know, far sort of northwestern corner of South Africa. Very inspiring place. It's got the, a, quite a unique mix of mountains and deserts and, and being a community uh, reserve as well. You know, it's, a, it's a national park, um, but it's, 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 the land is rented from the local community. So there's a, a wonderful uh, sort of synergy with, uh, with the local community there as well. But the, the place itself is just, it's, it's just incredibly inspiring. You know, you, you, you've got the, you, Unique plants that are there, the, and and just the the terrain that you're running through every day changes magnificently from these quartzite fields to these massive springbok plateaus to running through the mountains. You know, it, it really is an incredible place to to be running, and it's it's the backbone of the wild run. You know, the wild run is all about you know being inspired by wild places, running in wild environments where you know it's you and it's the environment, and it's a small group of people. You know, we we never take hundreds of people. It's a very uh, you know, small group, and it makes the whole experience so much more powerful because you you really get you get the feeling of where you're running, and you're sharing it with with a very small group of people who you know make the whole thing that much more powerful. Yeah, it it does. It sounds it sounds amazing, and 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 the four days are are very very different on on this one. I mean, they they obviously in the same sort of area, same region, but uh, it's 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 a nice change from day to day. Absolutely, Brad. The um, you know starting and finishing. Just to fill in a bit of history, we actually have been looking at this for many years, and it's been a, a you know process obviously through sandparks, and their support has been amazing. And uh, the the Rosenfeld, the terrain varies so much from obviously Orange River level right up to the mountains at 1600 meters. You've got a massive change in the kind of terrain that you're running through. So to really understand properly, um, you know what what you could what you could and can't do there, we had to spend quite a bit of time you know on the ground researching and, and, and checking out. And the initial dream was actually to start from the from the eastern side, from the from the uh, you know the, the, the far sort of right hand side, let's say the reserve, and actually enter from the Orange River and then do a complete um, traverse of the river But the terrain was so brutal on on the on the eastern side of the reserve that that uh, we had to re re take another look at that. So now we're starting and finishing at Sandlingsdorf, which is the headquarters of the of the reserve, and we start off um, heading south towards uh, what they call Hellscliff, and entering through the uh, sort of a chain of mountains that runs through pretty much north south on the on the western boundary of the of the reserve, and then climbing through Hellscliff and actually breaking then into the central Rittersoft plateau. And then, so that's kind of your breaking into the reserve. And then day two, we, we head on the sort of outskirts of the southern part of the mountains, um, the incredibly rough and, and, and technical terrain. We're staying just off the really big high mountains and we're taking some of the cliffs and, and, um, and sort of getting a really good feeling of the, of the, of the these magnificent precipices and the cliffs and things that you're running through down these cliffs. Um, and then overnight, we're happy. And, and, um, and then the third day, we're heading down towards the Orange River, but we're crossing over what they call the Springbok Flakbit, which is these massive, incredible plains that, you know, you could carry thousands and thousands of Springbok. And, and obviously, there's a lot of wildlife there still, you know, the desert wildlife. And heading into the granite copies and making our way down to the Orange River. And then overnighting actually on the Orange River. The last day then takes us from the Orange River to work um, back to Sendling Strip, but, but through the wilderness and the mountains that, that again, form that sort of boundary on the western side 
and taking this incredible sandstone ridgeline with these half-main plants that have got there absolutely unique to the roof as well, dropping off that into these quartz fields where you're running through kilometers and kilometers of, of white, uh, almost like it's snowed, but it's just quartzite rock and you're running through this absolutely mind-blowing terrain and swapping between white to red to black just following these trails and, and then popping out at Sandlingsdrift on the Orange River and to spend the final night. It's very, very, each day it's got something very special and, and we're seeing a complete transect, transect of the, of the, of the park from the, you know, the mountains, the, the, the valleys, the cluis, the springbok flatters, the, the granite domes, Orange River, these sandstone ridges, you know, you really, you're running in places you'll, you, you would never see, uh, in the rough spot. It really is a spectacular four days. 150 K. So it is a fairly tough event. We don't go over the 40 K mark on any one day. Um, but the, uh, but the, you know, the days are, are, are you know, going to be pretty tough, but um, we make the camping um, a very, very much a, you know, slightly more comfortable affair like you would expect from your typical sort of camp. So it's, uh, you know, the cold beers are there and the chill zone and we've got, you know, team coffee on the go the whole time. The food is actually local service provider who's doing the food and they do an incredible job. I mean, absolutely amazing food. The attention to detail is, is fantastic. So the whole experience is going to be something quite, uh, quite, quite something. It's going to be quite something. Oh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that there's no, no day over 40 Ks, but I mean, they're all over 35, so it does look like it's a, a tough four days of running, but it sounds absolutely amazing. You also mentioned that you limit numbers. I think there's, there's only 80 that you're allowing on this one, so uh, it is really exclusive, and it's, it's a small group. It's, it's not hundreds and hundreds of people on these trails, and, and you can really experience the Richtersfeld for what it is. You're right, uh, Brad. You know, we, we, um, 2009, when we launched the Wild Coast, we, we were restricted to those numbers because of the accommodation, but actually it was a blessing in disguise. And, uh, one of the, one of our sort of biggest learning, uh, curves in, at that time, you know, because obviously sponsors, they all like to see the, the growth and events and so on, was actually that all the runners, one of the best things that we ever did with that was to actually cap the numbers. And we decided then and then that Wild Runs from then on were going to be, you know, and exclusive as a can be seen as a horrible word, but what it means is that you, you as a person entering one of these things means that you really do experience, um, you know, something quite different from, you know, your, your three, four, five, six hundred, uh, number events where you, you, you know, you are running with a lot of other people. You're under pressure from behind and say, you know, you don't, to stop and take a breath and actually look around is something, you know, it's quite foreign, I guess, to a lot of sort of the fast-paced um, and, and bigger trail runs with bigger numbers. This is an opportunity really to combine an adventure, you know, we're running wild in a place that is wild and you really, the return that you get, the feedback you get is is just, you know, this incredible feeling of, of uh, the privilege of being able to run in a place like this. And with 80 people as well, you, you, you become less, number and you become someone who you know you end up with 80 friends at the end of these things you end up with 80 people who've experienced something that you know every single while and every single year is different you know you have different weather conditions you have different challenges you know the wind blows the wind doesn't blow it rains it doesn't rain you've got all these factors that come into play and the hardships that take place on each day become what people really feed off and and you sharing that experience as you go and that that becomes an in, in its entirety becomes a, an incredible experience that um, that just just you know sort of um, creates this whole energy behind the event that is hard to describe. Um, but you really it is it is really something quite quite special to to be able to to get on and and to experience. Yeah. The, the inaugural one's happening fourth to the seventh of June, twenty fourteen. Smack bang in the middle of winter. That's going to come with its own challenges too, isn't it? 
Well, the beautiful thing with the river salt is that they have one of the lowest rainfall figures in South Africa. And, and up there at that time of year, the daytime temperatures are 22, 23, warm enough to swim in the Orange River. The daytime temperatures get down to, you know, get down, can get down to sort of 9, 10, 11, 12. But then that's actually quite nice. You know, you, you're standing around a fire, you, you know, you're having a nice warm dinner, hot showers in the camps every night. So you, you know, you're not, um, you're not getting, uh, punished by the, by the desert. Um, if there's a heat, um, that, that you, you can do in summer, obviously summer temperatures up to sort of 40, 45 degrees, you know, no problem. So the winter time up there is actually a perfect time to be there. Um, it's the temperatures are wonderful to run in and the days are clear and, uh, and, you know, all around it's just, uh, it's, 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 it's you know, it's just perfect running, perfect running, uh, at time of the month really in the winter soft. So, sounds awesome, Owen. And entries opening this week. Uh, you expecting, I'm sure, them to go pretty quickly. I mean, the 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 Wild Coast run. I mean, that sells out practically instantly. And uh, this one, I'm sure, as as word gets out, people will want to do it as well. Uh, where can people find out more? Where can they enter? Yeah, so the um, so entries open on Friday at at midday um, Central African times. We've got obviously a lot of interest from internationally and locally. The the certainly the feedback we've been getting has been very very exciting. Uh, guys are absolutely um, you know really looking forward to this and and uh, and and uh, really yeah seeing this as an amazing opportunity. So um, we're very hopeful for Friday at uh, entries at, at midday. And uh, all the details are on wildrun.com. Um, the three wild runs uh, are on there. Rittersop, obviously, with all the details and the course maps and uh, and everything for for this for for 2014 are up there. The details and everything are on there, and the entries will open on that website. Uh, there's an entry link on there that'll open at at midday on Friday. Oh, and what I'll do is I'll pop the link uh, to that website on our website as well. So if uh, people are listening to this, they can just uh, link straight through. And then uh, another race where entries are open right now is the Wild Run Lesotho. Uh, that's taking place in March next year. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about that one. Well, Lesotho is, 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 a, <laughs> Lesotho is an amazing event. Look, you know, the, the thing with Lesotho is you're running at altitude. Um, the, uh, the, the areas we run through are typical to Wild Run. It's, uh, it, it, you know, we do traverse. Um, through some very remote areas that are only accessed by the local communities that, that live up in those places. But um, uh, as a mountain running event in a wilderness area, Lesotho is just hard to beat. It's, 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 an, uh, it's very, very hard to describe. But the, the places that you're running through, the communities that you run through, there are absolutely amazing people up there who survive and live in, uh, in the highlands of Lesotho in temperatures that get down to you know, minus 20 during winter. Um, but they are just so giving. They'll welcome you into their huts. They they wave when you go past. They're just dumbfounded that these these guys want to run when you could have a horse. Um, the, the the day two on Lesotho, day one is the toughest day. It's a it's a, it's a very big day. You through the mountains, crossing over uh, two uh, two heights of 2,600 meters and over on your way through to uh, to to the to the day's um, stage um, end at. Um, uh, and then the day two, you're actually doing uh, Malasanyani Waterfall, which is a, an icon in sort of the southern section of Lesotho, this magnificent waterfall, single highest waterfall in the world, and it's completely surrounded by nothing. It's just a complete wilderness area, and we do a we do a 28k loop around uh, the the Malasanyani Falls down through the gorge, and absolutely mesmerising landscapes. Um, after day one being quite a tough day, the, the day two is just this just euphoric um, experience with those big magnificent views over the, over, the, over the falls as well as the gorge. And then uh, day three takes us down to um, uh, down to Malala and, uh, 
and uh, through the sorry Rabobanta takes us down the infamous Baboons Pass. Um, but before that, about half the day's course um, takes us through to the summit of Baboons Pass before you descend all the way down to Rabobanta, and uh, you are again running through these uh, these just incredible highlands of Lesotho. These just open, beautiful open cattle trails. A lot of people think Lesotho is quite a technical run. It's actually it's actually not. Day two is probably the most technical of it. Um, but the other days are actually you know, the trails that the guys use within the mountains of Lesotho are actually very open. Um, they drive their cattle um, to and from market on these trails and so on. So they really are these sort of path highways through, the, through these these incredible mountain landscapes. Um, I think Lesotho is just a it's, a it's an incredible combination of of the of the local sort of that classic uh, sort of Lesotho um, village scene with these with these tenacious tough people who live in these environments who are just so salt of the earth. And it really is quite a humbling experience, you know, and you're running through places that you just cannot get to. You can only get there on foot. So it's, it's, it's a, such a privilege, you know, and you're crossing, you know, these rivers that are, you know, the source of the Orange River, these crystal clear streams with, you know, in, in big mountain terrain. It, it, it's, it's something quite special. So your entries are open for Lesotho. Details are also on wildrun.com. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not as popular as the Wild Coast. You know, the Wild Coast sells out in under 10 minutes. So Lesotho, I think people, you have to, Probably, you know, think a little bit longer about uh, about entering the suit. You just, you know, it is a little bit tougher for obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, but um, we've got guys that are already on that, and there's some guys who are looking at doing all three wild runs next year, which is very exciting. That'll be the first time that happens. So yeah, also an incredible, incredible wild run. Very different to the other two, and and that's and that's the whole concept really behind the wild run, you know, different experiences at different places. I hear you talking about about these these passes and, and, and the trails you run on and we we just we live in an amazing place and we are so so lucky to have races like this uh, on our own back doorstep. I mean, guys travel across the world to come and run uh, unbelievable, unspoiled uh, trails like this and we've got them here. We are truly blessed, aren't we? We absolutely are, Brad. You know, if you look at the spectrum of, of uh, events that are available in this country, the kind of places that we can go and run, and then how over time, as 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 you know, the trail running is accepted as, as something that's not there, you know, to to destroy and litter the place and all the rest of it. And and we are just so even from one side of the country to the forests of the garden routes, you know, the off trail racing, obviously, you know, the York, the mountains of Yonkersuk. We've got the Wild Coast. We've got the Golden Gates. We've got just so much there's so much to experience and the beautiful thing with trail running and the, the real essence of it is that it's a it's an exploration you know you're on an adventure every single time you go on one of these things and the, the kind of people who come to these these events are so inspiring they they you know we've got people coming through our racing we've got people coming from overseas who are just blown away i mean simple things you know rooks of salt desert at night with uh, stars with no light pollution is something that is actually very rare these days to to see and it is I mean that in itself is is worth the flight from from Europe, you know, just to see something like that. And I, I it's it's so for, for wild running, we always it's about passion, you know, and it's about you know we're so blown away, we're so motivated by the kind of people we meet on these events, the kind of people who come on these things because they're looking for that something special, they're looking for something different, and they're looking to explore and 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 really see places that they wouldn't get to see and. And that's essentially what these events are about. It's putting something on the ground that allows people to be able to come and, and experience something like this. So we really are blessed. We're blessed with a country like this. We're blessed with the kind of people we have and, and the kind of you know, people that come on our trail runners. You know, it's, it's such an amazing sport to be involved with. 
Yeah, absolutely. Owen Middleton from uh, Wild Runner. I'll pop all of those links up on our website. Uh, that Both those uh, races sound amazing. And obviously the Wild Coast one as well speaks for itself. That is legendary uh, when it comes to trail running here in South Africa. But uh, we'll probably chat to you a little bit closer uh, to entries opening on that one just to, to find out more about it and what people can uh, expect because that one takes place in September as well. So it's a long way away from that one. But yeah, thanks for, for touching base with us and, and telling us about the other two. Super, Brad. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for the time and opportunity. We appreciate it and uh, all the best. Two amazing guys on this week's episode of Trail Talk SA. Thanks to both of them, both really passionate about what they do uh, and I really enjoyed chatting to them as well. Thanks a lot to AJ and Owen. And the links to all the Wild Run races are on our website right now. Just head over to trailtalksa.co.za and you can pick them up in the show notes to this episode of Trail Talk SA. So from myself, Brad Brown, as always, please do be in touch at Trail Talk SA on Twitter. You can tweet us there. You can also pop me an email podcast at Trail Talk SA if you have any suggestions ideas uh, or perhaps there's someone that we really should speak to here on the podcast please do be in touch and uh, if you wouldn't mind helping us spread the word uh, if you know your mates uh, who love trail and and would enjoy this program please do share the links uh, on social media or via email it just helps us spread the words uh, of this podcast and helps us grow our audience we really do appreciate that so until next week have yourself a brilliant one and we'll chat soon cheers 